How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Orange and Brew, the podcast where we've married our two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. I am JT Matthews. You can find me at JT Matthews01 on Twitter. I'm here with the doctor, Nicholas Manning, at dr, dr underscore in Manning on Twitter as well. And here with co host and super producer John Cronenberg at John KNFL. Uh, and of course, you can follow the pod at orange underscore and underscore brew on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, how we doing today, boys? How we feeling? We uh, it's cold. How we handling the another snow after like a sixty five degree weekend? John, how you doing with with the uh, seasonal depression that we all get? Has it melted away at all? You know, for in my area, it's kind of a slush. So just just hope it doesn't turn into ice. Otherwise, I'm Fair. I'm fine with it. Uh, but it was so nice this past weekend to have sixty five degree weather. Um, and it was just for, for me, it's been nice. And, uh, I don't mind the snow that much, as long as you're used to driving in it, you know, in Colorado, mm-hmm. you, you're going to be fine. It's just the people that are, you know, new and getting accustomed to snow that have the issue. So I don't know if you guys feel the same way about me when it comes to that. Oh yeah. I mean, I like the snow. I don't like driving in the snow, you know, but I will say it was good to melt away that seasonal depression have some sunshine. I was was very happy about that. We had some sporting events this weekend for the kids. So we got to enjoy that without having to bundle up or bring a a space heater like my wife does. Uh, It's when it was nice. Did you enjoy that? The weather too, doc? Yeah. I mean, it was nice to, to step off a plane and like, it'd be nice. And the cool part about it is, right. So we got yesterday was like shorts weather in the daytime. You know, I wore some light. I wore some light joggers, Jays, <laughs> but it was uh, it was met. And then, you know, you get we get doused with some snow today. Help the grass tomorrow should be gone by Thursday. By the weekend, we're hitting seventies again. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, um, uh, you, you got a little vacay. Yeah, a little quick, little quick trip. Took uh, took the boys to go watch the Rockies on the road. Uh, Watch them take down the Padres. So, of course, when I'm out in San Diego, Rockies 2-0 when I come home, not as good. Uh, but the best part, I'll tell you guys a little story. So, we're at the game. right? We're going into the game. My youngest son, who's five, Zanny, says, Daddy, why are so many people not wearing Rocky stuff? I said, oh, because we're, we're at their stadium. So, they're Padre fans. And he's like, why? Because <laughs> they live out here, and that's the team. I said, but we're going to root for our team. He said, yeah. He said, because the Padres suck. It's like, oh, yeah. well, all right, we're going in hot. And so 
they would do the like let's go padres or whatever and he's like looking at me he's like why are they saying that it's supposed to be let's go rockies and i was like that's why we say and then i was like let's go and he's like rockies it's great so he's chanting like let's go rockies and their fans are pretty lit they do a good job i like that stadium it was nice yeah it's a nice stadium and it's a little bit more like party atmosphere there like in the stands um and of course we were sitting behind like three rows of college fraternity bros which was fun um but then so then we uh you know one of these guys says you know like man the rockies suck and i was like well not currently and his buddy's like oh and i was like i mean <laughs> we're up for like what do you want me to do bro sorry your team isn't handling their business and then we moved spots so then we were sitting in front of these uh these other ladies it was their first game so they're wooing you know all over the place woo go padres like some girls they're like, hey, you know, like, are we bothering you? I was like, no, you fan how you want to fan, you know, first game, whatever. I don't care. You're not saying anything that's like inappropriate for my five year old to hear. Like you can cheer and scream. Right. Okay. And uh, so they go, let's go Padres. And Braylon, my oldest, um, turns and looks at her. And apparently he like, I don't know what he did, but she's like, wow, she starts giggling a little bit. She's like, that wasn't nice. And I looked at him like as a dad, like, did you say something? And he's like, no. And I was like, nice. He just like shot her <laughs> there and she's like, oh, okay, sorry. Just gave him the dirty look. Rockies go, close it out, right? Walking with Zanny. Um, I got to be able to break out the old Tulo jersey because he's retired. I cannot wear a jersey of a player that plays for another team anymore. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Actually, once they're retired, then it's kind of like retro. So I'm wearing my Tulo jersey. Zanny's on there with his uh, with his Rockies shirt and we're walking through the fans, you know? Like a lot of them is a lot of Padre fans. It's full. Yeah, yeah. He's just chanting, "Let's go Rockies!" It's great. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Raising them right." I know. I told, told told the wife about it. She's like, "Yeah, they're your kids." I was like, That's mm-hmm. right. "I didn't even tell them. I didn't coach them on it. I didn't tell them to talk crap." Oh man, it was phenomenal. Natural. My oh my gosh, it was like, <clears throat> you know, they learn. They learn for everyone. They learn by example, you know. You know, I mean, yeah, that is true. Like they get it. They they know how dad gets it. So they are passionate when For they sure. the name, they're gonna stay in that lane and they won't waver. It was great. <clears throat> That's so, great. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Yeah, they started so good and now they've lost. Yeah, you know shirt, what? So. They got hosed yesterday. It was four two, Feltner three two pitch on the corner. It's in the box. Call strike three. Let's them get into a walk. The inning ravels. They lose. Like back. They're not if not. They go. Yeah. They go into the seventh inning up. Four two. All the momentum. They're back up to hit. Like, oh, come on. Like, don't give the da- like they daughters stop it. They don't need any more help. Right. Call a strike a strike. Well, well, you know, at least we've got a lot of time. They've got some time to yeah. to put something. Hey, you know together. what? It's like they, they got some young players. I think they're pitching better. Uh, you know, one 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 bad start in five in five games. So you know what? If you want one area to lag, hitting usually takes a little bit longer, timing, all that good stuff. <clears throat> Rockies, it's always live and died by pitching. You know, Kyle Freeland, not only pitching well, but if you saw that play, I saw it live. It was Jeter-esque, but lefty, like you're going away. He's got to like throw, spin back. His back's to home plate, throws it to first. My goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. Ramon Marquez was nice. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. Austin Gomber pitched okay. So it's a little bit like, all right, you know, if there's an area that you want to, you know, you want to be able to work on, it's the hitting part. The hitters will, will pick it up. They got some good professional ball players. And, For sure. Uh, you know, in the end, just be competitive. Give us a reason, develop some of the young guys. 
and uh, get us to training camp. Yeah, and if not, then, uh, you know, we've got hopefully the Rockies are as that can get us through May at least. That's right. We'll see. Nuggets and, yep, Nuggets and, and I guarantee Oh, I said it. Rockies. Nuggets yep. But they'll they'll be playing through through May. I have no so I have a question for you. One of them will be you. playing in June. One of them will be playing in June at least. Are, are they wearing those green, you know, license plate uniforms again this year? Yeah. They will. Okay. What, what city, are your opinions real jerseys? quick? Yeah. What are your opinions on those? It's weird because nationally, people really like them. Like really? It's just, heads, yeah. None of us, like most Colorado people don't. But I kind of grew, the hat grew on me. I think the hat with the jersey is too much. You know? It's like yeah, it's yeah. yeah. License plate. I just feel, I just, that's all I see is the license plate. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's the, that was the theme and they nailed it. It's a little bit like a bad beer, but they hit it right on the head, right? Like it's exactly what it's pickle juice plus prune juice beer. And you're like, all right. And it tastes just like that. And you're like, it tastes like feet, but they delivered, you know, but they did what they said they were going to do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little too on the nose for me personally, yeah. but yeah, um, I concur. I concur. Uh, well, let's talk about a team that has high expectations coming into the, the season. And our Denver Broncos. Uh, and why don't we start there? Because uh, one of you, I think it was Doc, I don't remember, sent a little uh, tidbit over Twitter about former uh, Broncos wide receiver Brandon Marshall uh, predicting that the Broncos will get off to a hot start and be able to sustain it. Uh, he said, start 10 and 1 or 9 and 2. Uh, Wow. I mean, what is the initial feel about that? Because I think a lot of us are burnt. We got burnt last year, uh, myself included. And I was even less optimistic than a lot of people. Yeah. And I still feel burnt. Yep. Uh, Should we get our hopes up? Uh, I'll start with Doc on this one. Uh, I I think the 10 and 1, 9 and 2 hot start. I mean, it always depends, right, on schedule layout and all that good stuff. I do think this team will be significantly better at the small stuff. And we we talked about it before as a group. If you put Sean Payton's staff with last year's team, you know, with how many one-score losses, how many games they got held under 16 points, you know, it that probably doesn't happen. And maybe they went 10 or 11 games or – you know, they they split with at least split with the Raiders. They split with uh split or take two from the Chargers and, and get one of those games against Kansas City. It's significant significantly different season. So could we could we see those changes happening with a pretty similar roster? You know, a couple adjustments here, but overall I think the the nucleus is still the same. So I think it's okay to expect to set a threshold about what we will allow to be good. But I think there's some fool's gold in there because we don't know. We, ha- we haven't seen Russ with this coach yet. We're operating on on past behavior and hope. And, um, yeah, I mean, what would it feel like if if we blink, it's October, now it's November 1st. Yeah. They're 8-1 and one going into Sunday night against Kansas City, right? Like, what I would be obnoxious Boston fan level, you know, one hundred percent. Where we are getting, you know, we're that we're garbage for forever, and then all of a sudden we we figured it out, and then now we're just going to be obnoxious like Cubs fans, you know, like one yeah. year. Come on, bro, chill out. That'll be us. We'll be that, and we, I'm not even going to apologize. Nope. 
no no be great it's funny because because i feel like that would totally be reasonable like not not the start i mean the response like if, if we started 10 and 1 and being that obnoxious we've it's been so painful for so long you know like and i'm not an obnoxious fan usually at all but i've also this is probably like with the teams that i follow i mean aside from maybe the nuggets for some years this is like this, the worst this is the stretch of that like nugget stretch yeah this is like, this is the it's worst stretch it's football. like early 2010s rocky-ish or whatever mm-hmm. like, it's, this is not this is not good sporting <laughs> yeah john what do you feel about the the brandon marshall prediction you know, for me, when it came to this team and waiting how long until they were successful again, um, you know, I felt like once every decade, if you got a Super Bowl, things were okay for your team. You were doing well. And I could live with those bad seasons that come afterwards with it, you know, being picked apart your team. Um, but right now, it just feels extremely hard to have that mindset since 2015. This last year really did kind of break the camel's back for me uh, in many ways. So um, I don't have this the expectations of, you know, a, a nine and one team an eight and one team. I, I just can't have that anymore. I think for my own my own sanity, if it happens, that's fantastic. If not, you know, for me, then, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, a, a hard fought year with uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders in the rear. Um, kind of thing um, so that's what I'm more expecting but if if this happens of course I'll be you know over to the moon um, but my expectations are, are much lower at this point I just I can't get myself up to that hype level like I have in the past and and feel excited for the year um, you know a lot has changed yeah. for this team and you know personally I just don't know where it's going um, and I'm, I'm just waiting so uh, with a little bit more assurances with the draft and seeing like like we were talking about seeing like a few training camp uh, sessions will really change how I'm going to meet, change my expectations and, and understand if I I can understand what Brandon Marshall is saying yeah I, I will say this Looking at just the list of opponents, obviously we don't have a, a set schedule yet. It's not that scary on paper. <clears throat> I think that you know the the uh, AFC East is a little tough. You know, you got Miami, Buffalo. Those are going to be tough. Those are going to be away games too. Um, but you know, Houston definitely beatable. Uh, you know, Green Bay should be beatable, um, especially if they don't have Rodgers, which it sounds like they won't. Uh, the Patriots are in some dysfunction right now. Who knows what that team is going to look like in a month? You know, who knows if Mac Jones is even going to be there or uh, whatnot, you know? And and then, of course, you know, divisional opponents is, is what makes it tough for me to, to feel real strong about that strong start. But you get a lot of those towards the end of the 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 season schedule anyways a lot of times or at least recently in recent years so could i see a scenario where it happens yeah would i would i bet on it no probably not um but i like i like the chances against some of these teams you know the jets are going to be improved i think but i think they're beatable vikings i think are you know who they are and i think they're beatable you know they they're tough but they're beatable especially since we'll probably be playing them at home, it looks like. Commanders, you know, they have some nice pieces, but they don't 
particularly scare me. Uh, Sam Howell is probably going to be your QB one. So there's going to be some growing pains there. Um, I don't know. It's hard to know the expectation, but I, I could see a scenario that where we do start hot, but would I bet on it? Probably not. Unfortunately, I don't like to say that, but I'm also, you know, your glass half empty guy on the pod. So I'll own that. Um, well, let's talk about since we talked about a little bit about it before with the Rockies. Let's talk about uh, uh, some alternate uniforms for this Broncos team because I think it's a a fun little a fun little thing. We don't do that very much on this pod. We don't talk about things like this very much, and I think part of it is like we like the we talk about the news and you know it's a little bit of a dead time for the team if we're being honest. You know, we're uh, free agency frenzy is a little bit down. Um, there's still some guys out there that'll be interested to see where where they land, but you know, let's talk about some uh, some non personnel things. Um, how do you guys feel about alternate jerseys in general, and maybe even just the Broncos' typical jerseys as they stand today? They've been the same for a while, you know. And 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 if the NFL likes to promo do these different promos, we got the uh the what is it the color uh what's that called color rush color rush color rush jerseys every once in a while they pop up some different things for jerseys you get your um awareness jerseys sometimes for different uh months uh depending on uh, you know what they're bringing into awareness that sort of thing how do we feel about the broncos jersey game at this moment their currentness Sure, let's go with current. I mean, I, I do think that it needs to be up to I think anytime you get into almost 20 years in one, unless it's you know classic Yankee reds like it's a hundred yeah. years or something. I think their design wasn't like built for time. Like the you know, I, I just don't think it was hopefully that wasn't the point of it. I think hopefully the point was a new updated you know, kind of a aggressive look to change the direction of the franchise, which did one, two Super Um, I think it's time. I think it's time for an adjustment. I always, I'm, I, I like most people. I mean, John's rocking one right now. I'm still a fan of the, of the horse and D. And uh, mm-hmm. I think being able to have that, and maybe that's hopefully what's in this alternate style. I would, I would be a fan if there was an alternate helmet and the Broncos kept their, you know, the, the angry horse. Um, but maybe adjusted some of the the color scheme, you know, maybe going back to more like the 80s colors, things like that. I think one from an ownership perspective, it creates new dollars because we are all going to go buy new stuff, right? Because we'll, we'll keep our old stuff and we'll go buy new stuff. You know, I have I have something from almost every year, right? Like all the transitions, we got like old stuff. So marketing wise, it's fantastic. People go buy new stuff. Um, but I also think, you know, it helps grab the attention of younger kids because new and updated, especially if it's yeah. geared towards that, I, I think it helps with there. So um, I'm not it's not it's not one of the biggest complaints I have about the Broncos. I still like their stuff, but uh, I definitely think it's time for something new. I'm super pumped about uh, the prospect of a, of a white helmet, I would assume, because it has to be with the color rush uniform. Um I wonder if it will be like an all white, like a whiteout. I mean, that would be that'd be cool. Be I, I think alternate uniforms are awesome. Um, 
I mean, I, I like when every team does it right. And so I, I like how the Eagles are getting the Kelly greens back again this year. You know, yeah. you don't need to go back, but I think it provides some nostalgic flavor for, you know, for, for fans of yesteryear, you know, and I think that those are cool. It's a nice eye shot on TV. So uh, I'm a fan of it. I do think for the Broncos, my assumption, I bet would be they'll probably do Jersey newness, you know, once they kind of figure out maybe the stadium. So you kind of keep the the Broncos relevant through all of those, all of those things. So I'm excited for uh, uh, the color rush uniform. I, you scared me with the whole, it's Miami hurricanes ish, which then frightened yeah. me a little bit. Uh, but I've also seen, right. Some Syracuse, some, yeah. and, and I think every team, like there's too many college teams and NFL pro teams and all that stuff for you to not run into someone else. Sure, so I, sure. trust, I trust this group, their research development and Nike to, you know, to, to give the people what they want. And even if it's not great, Hey, at least, you know, at least they're, they're winging, they're giving it a shot. Yeah. I like, I like these, uh, you know, every once in a while you get these designs that pop up on, on Twitter yeah. that, that people make that are just so great. And you're just like, why don't they just adopt that? And then they go rogue and they make this draft hat. That's just like, meh, like no one's excited about it and it's fine, but it's not exciting. And right. it's not, it, it doesn't make me want to go buy anything. You know, I just want, I want something that's going to resonate with fans. John, John, how do you feel about all of it? Well, first you hit the nose on the or the, yeah, you, you hit it yeah, there with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, when it came to that with the hats, I mean, I feel like you, you do these once a year with the draft, and that's where you can be a little bit more non-traditional. It's a little bit more fun, you know. Seeing yeah. the you know underneath the hat, you could see the city or something like that. I miss that with some of those hats. So that's a missed opportunity by the NFL. But when it comes to the actual helmets, uh, I do agree with you, uh, Nick, in the fact that it's um, I don't really have a problem with the the current helmets. Actually, I think that they, they work for me, actually, uh, probably better than even you, Nick. Um, I, I really uh, have a liking to them. I think that's because they were the first helmets that, you know, I saw the Broncos in and I started adopting the Broncos with. Uh, so for me, it just has a lot more of a feeling of uh, closeness there with with these helmets. I, I still like the classic D helmet. I think that's where you go with, you know, your alternative helmet. You want something that has, you know, that uh, the classic D helmet. Uh, but like you're saying, having that white is, is pretty crisp, especially if you can do it at an away game or something like that. That'd be really fun. I think for me, especially if you're to have some alternative uh, uniforms, uh, use them in the preseason, like have some fun during the preseason, make it more enjoyable for the fans that do go get, you know, let them say, Hey, I was there when I saw them in the, you know, whatever uniforms, maybe the, the, the Broncos wear only once or something along those lines. So I think uh, I, I am into alternative uniforms just because I think it makes the experience a little bit more special for when you go. Maybe you want to get the Jersey for when you went specifically. Uh, and I do like the jerseys that are for causes like you're saying breast cancer awareness and you're having those, you know, uh, at least for when it comes to sale, those hot pink kind of jerseys for sale. Uh, same thing with prostate cancer. I think those are, are great kind of selling points for those jerseys. And I would like to see those more actually implemented into the NFL itself for, for yeah. those weeks. I know they have to you know keep up with certain things when it comes to, you know, it has to be towels only and, and things like that accessories. So I understand that as well when it comes to other sales and, and along that line. Yeah. My, my opinion of all of it is that it just seems like an easy thing to be able to do. You know why? Because, 
retro is always cool. And I think young people like retro jerseys because it feels like, you know, I think you like hearkening back to the, the history of your team. And older people like retro jerseys because it reminds them, it gives them the nostalgia feels. And I feel like if you can just get in a rotation where you're constantly just changing, tweaking those retro jerseys every so often. I mean, think of the Nuggets, like the Nuggets Rainbow Skyline. I love that jersey anyways, the original. Then they redid it with the black and the white Rainbow Skylines. Those were great. Mm-hmm. Even the like minimalist uh, abs uh, jerseys that they did a few years back that were like burgundy and they just had Colorado kind of diagonal down the front. Clean, good looking, or the the Quebec Nordiques throwback jerseys too. Like, I think that's the way you go. And then you just, and then you just, you recreate it. You know, you recreate it in five or 10 years, you know, and you do it again. And I know like people, you might get sick of it and you can, you can throw some stuff in, in the, in, in the middle. But I think, you know, the classic, the classic D right now is where you got to go. I think, uh, Fans are missing it, and I, and I think every time you see like those Twitter ones come up, it's always that classic retro D with the horse. That I think they just got to get back to it. I do. That's that's my opinion. I mean, retro is great, right? Yeah, and it gives people what they want. Uh, like you said, every time when there's an edit, ninety five percent of them are the the old school kind of D look. I like yeah. the. I like the overall color rush, like schematically. Sure. I think the colors are a little bit, it's a little too like fluorescent orange, but um, I, I think that kind of layout, I think it'd go a long way. Um, and, you know, if that's what the people want, why would you like, why would you dive into something like why? Yeah. Don't just do cool to do cool, do what people think is cool. So I agree. I, I like it. I think if you did that, you could keep this color routine, you know, occasionally go back to the you know the the old school when they were at 94 with the you know the buck and bronco look with the you know with the striped the 1966 mm-hmm. look yeah uh, yeah. i love that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and little, that was um, a change you know based yeah. off of the original yeah so i think you know rotating like you said rotating through those when you can i don't know why they do the i think it's to keep people buying the current ones but I, in the end you know the the fabric is all the same. Have them. Right. Make sales are sales. Out. Sales are sales. I agree. All right. Well, let's take a break here. We got some beer time coming up. So stick with us uh, and we'll uh, give you our opinions and then we'll talk some more Broncos on the other side. So stick with us. We'll be right back. It's a snowy Tuesday afternoon. So there's no better time than the present to do some beer time. Beer time. It's beer time, y'all. Doc and I have synced up our beer tasting uh, schedule. That's not the right word, but we're we're on the same cycle now. (laughs) Yes, we're cycling through beer together. You know, that's what happens when you spend a lot of time together. That's right. Heard, so I've heard. 
spill that down together, you, you know, you start cycling. You know, you sync up eventually. You sync up. You sync up. Uh, uh, we got another Firestone beer called a Mind Haze Hopical Crush IPA. Hopical, not tropical. Tropical with an H. Uh, I dig two, it. 6.2% mm-hmm. ABV. Uh, what am I 25 IBU. Oh, where does it say that? I'm missing it. Hashtag website. All right. Otherwise, double, it says, a double dry hopped explosion of tropical Mai Tai inspired flavors, including pineapple, orange, hopical crush is available exclusively in our tropical hazy mix pack, which is what I got. Uh, so it's got yeah. Mandarin, Cascade, El Dorado, Mosaic, Chinook, Idaho 7, Strata, and Sabro hops. That's a lot of different hops. Yeah, wow. it's it's fermentation occurs in a hundred percent stainless steel. Has two row white wheat, torrified wheat, Munich, roast oats, rolled oats, and rice holes for the malts. Wow. Yeah, but you got a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Well, everything. Yeah, I like double dry hopped with tropical notes, it says. And so mm-hmm. uh I'm anticipating that this will be fairly bitter. Yeah. Fairly punchy. You know, for it. but my Thai, like I'm excited about my Thai flavors. You know, I don't even had a my Thai in a hot, hot minute, but it sounds good. It'll uh, harken some summer vibes with the snow on the ground. You know, <laughs> you know, it's the yep. pick me up we needed this Tuesday potentially. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, you ready to crack these babies open? I am. All right, three, two, one. Very crisp, very nice. Give it a little sniff. Oh, delicious! So much to it. Expected like some some uh, some fruity notes. Yeah, yeah. get a tiny bit. I got a little bit. Yeah, it's not overwhelming. But not, but not much. Yeah, you think my nose got like extra in there the first time? The you first one was like big. Dip it a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little, a little definitely nose. smells happy though. Mustache. <clears throat> All right. Cheers. Cheers. Bottoms up. That's more subtle than I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah, I concur. It is. There's a lot of a lot of selling on that front end there. Yeah. You're feeling a little disappointed. So, so what I'm getting? A little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a little subtle. I'm not getting my tie though. You getting my tie out of this? No, not really. But I, to be honest with you, I don't know what that should taste like anyway. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. But I'm not really getting much tropical out of it either. Are you getting like know. like tropical hits? No, it just tastes, tastes kind of like a bland IPA. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's almost like those low-calorie IPAs, you know, that are like hoppy, but then there's like no body to it. Mm-hmm. I, that's exactly that's I feel kind of mean saying that, but yeah, it's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, I may as well just go get the ones that are better for me, you know, yeah. that have less calories, yeah. <laughs> less carbs. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, six point two is is good, but yeah, if you're if you're gonna do yeah, that, that's you, true. But it doesn't kind of, taste like a six point two. Maybe that's yeah. good. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that it makes it more good. crushable for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, um, kind of saves it, but. I'm not yeah. a fan. I'm not a fan. 
I'm being a little tight on this, you know. All right, if this was, let's just say real quick, a you know, they're in the draft, what round do you kind of suggest this beer is gonna go? Oh um so definitely a day three or it could get over day three, you know, because it's it runs a good 40 time and all that stuff. That's true. Got some yeah. nice can art and it, it talks yeah. a good game. Yeah. Might be a little overhyped. It could maybe yeah, sneak like, into it's like Baker Mayfield. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was uh, that's a number one pick. I don't know if we go that high. I know, but if you were to redraft it, right? That's true. Yeah, I'd redraft. give it a I'd give it a you know, I'd give it a fifth round pick. If I were to use a pick on it, I'd give it a fifth round. Yeah, I was gonna say sixth. So that seems about right. Yeah. Or you know, into the fifth. Early to mid day three. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's overall an L. Yeah, it's a it's, small L. I won't say it's a big L. It tastes like, like an I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm gonna finish drinking it. But yeah, it just sure. it just didn't deliver what it said it did. Yeah, it was just we feel deceived. We feel hurt. You know, yeah. I mean that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Write a check so I could cash it. You don't write that check, right? Well, yeah, our Bank's closed. Is- Bank's closed. <laughs> well you know we've got another firestone beer coming next sure. next time yeah, so maybe they can true. redeem themselves and that first one was delicious yeah i was like super blown away way by the first one so maybe this uh you know maybe they just sometimes you swing and you miss yeah. going for the fences yeah and uh doesn't like mean you're steph curry like steph curry the other night you know like yeah sometimes you just you keep shooting it just doesn't land Go nuggets. sometimes Jamal Murray flies out and gets a fingertip on a yeah. game-winning three, you know? Yeah, and you and Clay go home crying, and Draymond's probably beating up Poole in the, on the airplane. I would hope so. Poole was really annoying after that game, or during that game. He was he was a bit of a whiner. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Golden State. I'm just going to enjoy when they lose. But regardless. Yeah, uh, yeah my, uh, my appreciation of the basketball style will remain. That said... Uh, they're like the Yankees now. So it's like, I just, I can't root for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know all these little kids walking around with golden state stuff. Yeah. It's a bad right, look. What, what would be worse? Okay. Okay. A Yankees Dodgers <clears throat> world series. Like or a golden state Phoenix Western conference matchup. And the winner plays the Sixers. Oh, I mean, just being a, a basketball guy and have to go with the basketball one because yeah, I because I'm gonna watch the basketball one and I may not watch the baseball I may not watch yeah. the World Series you yeah. know like I turn on the World Series periodically as it's yeah. going on but I haven't been invested in the World Series in a while sure. I'm invested in in the basketball what if it was uh what if it was a Michigan Ooh. um Oklahoma <laughs> Natty yeah that's worse. Is that worse? I found it. I found it. Sometimes you just got to keep turning the dial. (laughs) It's funny because, like, honestly, I is it is it weird that like the the fan bases make those so much worse than like the actual teams? Oh, for sure. Like, I don't hate. I don't hate Philly. Like the 76ers, you know. I think Joel Embiid's a great player. He's great. I don't. Player. I don't like the way they play necessarily because they they are trying to draw fouls all the time. But I the fan base is awful. Yeah, the fan base is awful, and same with Phoenix. Like, yeah, 
I was and like all I'm of a like, sudden all the magic like random Golden State fans that occurred that like where yeah. were you at? Stop it. Right. And it's like same with the Yankees though, right? Like yeah. I mean, I think part of it's like dynasty. Like you get sick of yeah. not seeing the same teams win, kind of like yeah. we did with the Patriots, but also that that had a more personal tie at times too. Yeah. But like you get the fan bases can just be so terrible. Yeah, I concur. Like you just want to punch them in the junk. Yeah. Like Suns fans, like stop. If you are a Suns fan, let's let's just be honest though, real you quick. Better be Cleveland's fans. the worst for for every fan base. Let's just leave it at that. I don't know, Cleveland? Man. Yeah, they don't yes, win it anything. Is. They don't they haven't won stuff, so it's like I can't really even be mad at you because it's like I mean they they won once with LeBron, like but a, I think the, the more like a, oh, they delivered. deserve that one. LeBron delivered. Yeah, yeah, but with him going to Miami from Tim going to Miami, I love that. By the way, that was one of the most enjoyable leaves and moves, and for me, oh yeah, yeah. as a fan, just of of not like Cleveland. The decision, yeah, that was yes. that that went over real well historically. Yes, um, hey, they one took of the few back. that loved it. They took him it's, back. It's true they did take him back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, but at least I mean for Mich for Michigan, Oklahoma, like I genuinely don't like the programs or the teams. So. Yeah. What if, it was like like, a deep, what if it was like a Red Wings <clears throat> Blues final? Uh, you know, I my my hate kind of watch the it. Red Wings yeah, has it's like kinda, it's kind of went down, especially because I, I would maybe fans. almost and I'd root probably root for them, for them over actually. the Blues. Yeah, I would. I'd root for them yeah. over there, like over Vegas. Yeah, Stars, mm-hmm. the Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like totally. central teams, essentially. Yeah, any team with Jordan Bennington, though, I'm not rooting for. So, Blues, you're out. Yeah, for all time. Oh, forever, like my man. Forever. All right, we're gonna cut it here, but we're gonna talk Broncos on the other side. We've got some more, uh, some some hot debates. We've got some a uh, little bit of news, so stick with us, and we will be right back. back with segment three got some broncos news to talk about so let's start with uh the news about tim patrick tim patrick looks to be cleared for all football activities uh so he will be ready to go for camp and the tim patrick hype is real right now i mean i think we all have a good appreciation for tim patrick but i'm hearing people saying that they think that he, they could he could be the most productive receiver for the broncos this season uh what should our expectations be for Tim Patrick this season? What do you, what do you guys think, John? What do you think? Yeah, when it comes to Tim Patrick, uh, obviously I temper some of my expectations. Uh, just again, it takes time to come back from those knee injuries. Even if, uh, or is it knee or Achilles? I'm sorry, it's been a while. I slipped my head for a bit. Isn't it? Yeah, um, it, was an ACL. It, it was an ACL. Okay, so you know it just takes a while. We've seen it with athletes before with uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, we expected him to come back kind of, you know, 1% every day. He, he was, you know, building his way back up. And, uh, you know, we saw a little bit lack of explosion. But I think with uh, Tim Patrick, um, 
there's there's just a little bit better feeling going on right now, just kind of uh, based off of what Broncos country is given, just sort of, of what Tim Patrick has said. So I'm very excited to get him back, but I'm also a little bit cautious right now as well. Um, I want to see what he can can do once he's actually, you know, in in practice, and is he able to get that kind of explosion that he was able to in the past and, and is able to get the separation that he needs to, to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, be able to get those uh, big yak uh, plays that he's, we've been used to. What about you? Yeah. What do you think, Nick? You know, I think tempering expectations just out of respect for the guy, I think is, is recommended. Uh, you know, I think I had said this earlier, but if there are a guy that, is going to come back and you didn't know that the injury occurred. I think it's Tim Patrick. That guy is a, uh, he's a machine. And uh, I think he has the mentality to, you know, he had said it, he plays reckless, which is why he's going to wear a brace. And I think if he's, he maintains that, which he's going to play in the preseason if he's ready to go. So I think we'll see it early and probably we'll get some of the hits out of the way. Um, And if that holds, I think he's the guy that will, you know, that could ignore his his own kind of internal concerns and produce in the Sean Payton offense. You know, the 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 quick game, especially to big body guys, is really important. You know, as Marquez Colston, it, you know, Michael Thomas. There's always been that um, that guy who doesn't need necessary separation, but they can create body space, and so you really kind of see that for Cortland and for Tim. So. I don't know, assuming all all of the receivers will be here. Um, you know, you don't know who's going to get what what role. But I think if there were a coach finally on this staff that could maximize the talents of the guys on the field, it's going to be Sean Payton. And so, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he has a pretty similar year to he to what he had the previous two seasons, which is still he was the most productive receiver on the roster both years. So I wouldn't be shocked if that is the case again. Um, However, uh, I think Jerry Judy will probably have the better season, assuming all of them are on the roster. Yeah, because I think he's the guy that um, that creates the most space uh, and can get open. um, You know, can 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 get open outside of the X's and O's. So you know, the big big plays, that kind of stuff. I, I think Jerry Judy will be much more that guy. And, uh, you know, Tim Patrick, Carlos Sutton will be, you know, uh, move the chains, guys. Catching the ball between 7 and 12 yards, um, which will be a welcome sight for for most of us. Third and three will be a, a nice thing to be able to see more often than it has been. Um, but I'm excited. I, I think it's interesting that his name doesn't come up, and I don't think it's because he was injured. I think it's because they really do like Tim Patrick. Yeah, He's a guy that I – think that this staff believes in uh front office has believed in you know he's the first one to get that contract extension from george payton and uh and i think he's he's a guy that we could and should rally around our friend jr posted you know and i've mentioned this before his ras score from his pro day at utah he's a plus nine guy like he's a you know four four seven forty you know six four i mean he's a He's legit. He's a legit player. And if he gets an opportunity to be able to shine, uh, I think he will. And I think this will be a year. I expect more production back half of the season. You know, first four games, get used to it a little bit. 
you know how the, the offensive coordinator, you know, the offensive schematics go. And then the last, whatever, 12 or 13 games, because it's odd now, it's just, it's going to ruin me. Um, I think he'll, he'll show out. I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked if he, you know, he leads the team and catches. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, we'll talk about the, the trade rumor ease stuff? Cause it sounds like there's, uh, Sean Payton has said he's, there's no particular plan in trading any of the wide receivers at this point in time. Do you feel like there's some re- redundancy between Sutton and Patrick at the wide receiver position, or do you think it's more valuable to have both of them uh, as opposed to moving one for, for some value? Yeah. John and I were talking about this and it, it came up depends on the value. Like it's gotta be to me an appropriate juice versus squeeze. Yeah. Because we, you know, we had talked about it too. Is there any receiver in this draft that we would take? And we were having this conversation earlier that we would take over Judy, right? First round, all that stuff, contract and not being that. Um, we all didn't really feel like there is a player right now that's ready to contribute more. So you think maybe if you were to get a day three or day four for a day three or day four, around two, three, four, maybe, probably more like a three or four for Sutton, there's no receiver in the third or fourth round that I think can come in and contribute. And so unless you're really just salary dumping to go move into a different position or a, a different area, no, I, I don't think so. I'd probably rather have more bodies and redundant um, skill sets with guys that are that you know can produce in this league than getting to the point where we were last year at certain position groups where you're running out, you know, Freddie Swaim. And, you know, I mean, that's not enjoyable either. Injuries happen and uh, – you can always move off of one of those guys next year. You know, Cortland has a, a, a better year. You can always trade him next year. It, you know, if that's a move that you want to be able to make, try and win this year, see what you can do, or at the trade deadline, that kind of stuff. So I don't think so. I wouldn't be shocked or, like, overly upset if they, you know, if they got a good value for um, for Sutton or Judy, to be honest with you. I don't want either of them to go, but I understand the business portion of it. But it would just be interesting to to where they would go. I don't think there's apples to apples um, in this draft. I think you would downgrade and you'd have to win by committee. And right now, do we have confidence that Russell Wilson is a guy that can carry a bunch of number two and three receivers? Um, I don't know. I want to believe that, but we don't know. We don't know what it'll look like in this offense. And you need good receivers out there to to keep other teams from stacking the box. So you kind of want to keep those guys on the roster. That's my That's my thought. What do you think, John? Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think that you need a receiver like Judy who can be explosive, make plays, um, you know, beyond the the five, you know, seven yard slants as you were talking about, where the where Sutton and Tim Patrick can use their big body frame and kind of like a tight end like Jimmy Graham, like we were you were saying, just listing off those names where they they use their body and kind of use it kind of in the basketball mindset where you kind of block yourself off and, uh, you know, go ahead and then grab the ball with your, your big mitts, which these guys do have. Um, so again, I, I do think Tim Patrick's going to be very successful. I also think that uh, Sutton's going to be successful in this offense. And I don't think there's a, a real big value in terms of a, a trade this year where you could get a fair compensation for Cortland Sutton. I think teams are going to be looking to get Sutton for relatively cheap. And uh, again, that's probably based off his contract and what uh, he's produced the past year. And the Broncos, I think, know what Sutton has produced. They've seen him in the locker room. 
Um, and they've seen him work out and, and they know he can produce better. And they're hoping that, especially with Sean Payton, that, that will, he'll be able to take that next step that we, you know, saw those great potential with where he, you know, jumped over Denzel Ward again, Cleveland and had a few of those great breakout plays. Well, I, I think that can be more, you know, happen more definitely. Uh, but if not, you know, you, you need to kind of stay the course and have this group of receivers, even with the addition of Galloway, you kind of lost Hamler along the way. Uh, so, you know, you just got to keep on going because we don't know when we're going to get uh, Hamler back with that torn pack. Um, I don't know if you guys think he's basically done as a Bronco. I, I'll have to ask you that real quick. What do you guys think about Hamler? Is he done as a Bronco, essentially? Because I, I, I saw some people say that Galloway has number one and as the, his jersey number. So uh, if that's true, what does that mean for, for Hamler, essentially? What's going on there? I don't think he's done, and I'll let I'll just do a quick one. I don't think he's done because his contract's cheap, and they offer something that the rest of the guys don't. I don't think it's I don't think he's a player though that Sean Payton is counting on, nor probably going to push him and you know push him onto the field. I think it's a you know if he's healthy and can contribute, great. But it's not like you know you're itching to get him back on the field, um, which is a sad thing because we think we've seen the glimpses of of KJ, that would be, you know, pretty fantastic for the offense. It's just, has never happened. At some point, you do have to turn the page and move on. Probably even just for him, you know, new, uh, uh, new, new team, new feel, but uh, we'll see. What do you think? JTZ? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I think that, sorry, kids running around. I think uh, I, I don't have any particular hope for Hamler moving forward. You know, I think at this point I'm, I've moved on personally. Now, I like some of the points you make, Doc, about, uh, you know, he does bring a different skill set. He and he does bring it at a value. Um, so there's potential that he ends up finding his way through all of this. But, um, I I definitely have tempered expectations for what what that means. This injury means for him, and uh, whether it will, you know, mean the end of him as a Bronco. And I think at the end of the day, I'd be okay if that was the case. Um, do I want them to pan out? Absolutely. Sure. I think I want all these guys to pan out, you know, but um, yeah, I, I, that ship has sailed in my mind a little bit. Uh, going back to Tim Patrick, Cortland, Cortland Sutton a little bit. I, I would be, I don't know. As far as trade value, you know, I do feel like the redundancy of the position does make it more tempting to even maybe settle on a mid- midday or like a day two pick, you know, maybe a, a third or fourth, something like that. If it allows you to take a flyer on a guy that you really like, you know, if you can get, um, I'm trying to think of maybe someone that would be in that value. I don't know, maybe like a Starling Thomas, a cornerback or something like that, that you can, you know, that has the upside that definitely has the athleticism, but, you know, hasn't been able to put it all together. Um, or is missing some of those key things like, um, you know, you know, he's not that you're necessarily your prototypical cornerback or whatever, but it allows you to take a chance on one of those guys and you're moving off kind of a redundant um, value. I'd be okay with it. Uh, and I'm thinking more along the lines of moving Cortland than I am about moving Judy. Cause I think, I don't know. I think this, the expectation is that Judy is, the number one guy this year. And I think we want that as fans. And I think that uh, he's got to show it this year. You know, I think he's, he's shown flashes. He's been able to, he, he was fairly productive last year. 
uh, when healthy. But this old wide receiver group is a little fragile at the moment. You know, as deep as they feel like they are on paper, you've got some guys with some injury history that uh, is a little scary. And so, it, you know, I, I mean, I guess keep the depth while you can. But, you know, I think some bodies are going to start getting replaced. And just like, you know, Callaway was was a good addition for them. It's just an example of someone who can fit a role that is probably a little more reliable in the long term. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how it plays out, but uh, I don't know that this wide receiver room in the next two years is going to look real familiar to us. It might, it might look completely different. You know, we might be talking about drafting receivers soon. Isn't it amazing how it's changed so quickly though, too? We, we were oh, yeah. so excited. I mean, uh, that was even a, a little bit before Tim Patrick uh, kind of broke out as much as, you know, we've uh, come to know him as, uh, with Judy and Son, we were we were so high on on what they were going to be, oh, yeah. and and then we knew Patrick was a solid uh, number three. Um, it's just it's so quick how things have changed, um, but it it does show you that you know you, you have to keep moving, and uh, like we've always talked, you need to have that depth and be ready, you know, for it to have guys behind it. Because if Hamler can't do it, well, guess what? It's Washington's turn to prove to try try to be that speedster guy who can, uh, you know, you know, make the you know go spread the field out a little bit. So uh, we'll see what it happens there, but it's uh, interesting to see what happened to this receiver group so quickly. I'm more optimistic that Patrick will come back around back into form because he's done it off of injury before. Um, I feel like Cortland maybe, you know, Cortland had a Pro Bowl season and has never been able to duplicate that for whatever reason. And I don't know if we blame the the injury for that or if he lost something with with that injury specifically i feel like patrick doesn't quite rely on that explosiveness and that uh that burst as much as as Cortland did previously and maybe that's why he's a little more accustomed or i feel like he's a little more um like physically uh, able to bounce back from that injury or or similar injuries so i'll be interested to see I'm hoping that that means he'll bounce back quickly, but I'll be curious to see if that is the case at the end of the day. Um, one more quick bit of news, and then we got a little quick debate. Um, Woody Page came out and said, uh, "I got to get all the name, <laughs> all the names right." George Payton uh, will basically be going through Sean Payton for most, if not all, personnel decisions. At this point in time, you know, obviously they both um, hold different positions, but it sounds as though the personnel, the final personnel decisions are coming from Sean Payton. Uh, Just one overall reaction on that thoughts, whether that's a positive, negative or somewhere in between. Uh, Doc, why don't you kick us off? I it's hard because I I think that we all knew that this was going to be it. You bring in Sean Payton. Yeah, that guy's gonna drive. It's so none of the none of that part shocks me. He is going to be here a while. George Payton is still on a. Let's see how it goes. My opinion is, I believe that George Payton probably just wants to you know let me know what we're gonna do. Let me know schematically what it looks like. What are you looking for? And then let me go hunt and find them. So I don't think that it's really that upsetting to him. I don't think that he would draft guys that the coach didn't want. I mean, when he saw the behind the scenes draft 
um, coverage for for the team last year. I mean, he, he turned to, to Nathaniel Hackett every single time. Was like, "Hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think?" He's a pretty collaborative GM. He has been. He take maybe even to a fault. He's taken a lot of information from from his staff um, and and crew. So, you know, why why draft someone that your coach who's going to be here longer than you doesn't want? You know, no offense. If I draft someone, I want it to be his fault if they bust. You know, he wanted that guy, and then he didn't develop him either. I'm just doing my, I'm just doing my job. But if you hit on someone, right, because of your scouting stuff, and maybe it gives some rapport. I just, I don't think, and maybe, maybe there's stuff there that we don't know. George Payton just doesn't seem like an ego guy, so I don't think that that bothers him necessarily. That's my opinion. I don't know though. I, I believe that, but we'll we'll see. What uh what about you? What do you think, sir? Yeah. Who? Me? Uh, Who me? Know, I volleyed it and then it's open. I'll give it to John. John, what do you think? Yeah, when it when it comes to my thought process on this, uh I know George Payton was brought in uh to kind of be that personnel decision maker, especially when it came to the draft. So I think of course he's going to want to have uh at least do his due diligence and feel like he gave coach Sean Payne all the tools he needed to be, to be successful. So he's going to give him all the reports that he needs, all the information he needs to let him make a, a well-informed decision. And then when it comes to him, uh, uh, Sean Payne can make a well-informed decision on who he likes. And then he can come to George and say, Hey George, what, what ways can we maneuver in this draft? What are certain ways that we can do that? So again, where you're talking, where Nick was saying where they can be a little bit more, uh, work as a team, it definitely is a possibility. But, you know, I have to be honest. If I was a general manager of a team, I would have to feel pretty good in, in my decision-making ability when it came to uh, specifically the draft. So I, I assume there's probably, a, you know, a slight amount of friction. But as you said, Nick, they, they both have the the same goal at the end of the day. Uh, if uh, George Payton is to be, be successful for his entire career going further, he has to be successful. Uh, with this, with working with Sean Payton, same with Sean Payton, he has to be successful with working with uh, George Payton, um, because we've seen when a coach kind of does everything by themselves, like Mike Shanahan, how it kind of can lead to their downfall, uh, in a sense with Denver and and uh, and and uh, you know maybe not so much with the Redskins, but uh, in Denver for sure, where he made all the decisions uh, essentially, and it just kind of fell on him at the end of the day. So um, this way it, it kind of is where both can, uh, you know, get a little bit of experience from each, the, each other, each, each Peyton to grow. What about, what's your thought, JT? I mean, it, it, for me again, like I'm saying, it, it's, it's really hard to decide who I want to give the most power to, because I'm, I'm thinking like the Shanahan era where the way it ended. And I'm also thinking, you know, do we want just, you know, a, a general manager to control it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I tend to feel like I like when roles are separate. Um, I feel like that's how it should run, and I feel like more often than not, you see success that way. However, I will say in in Sean Payton's case, I mean, he worked with Mickey Loomis for for years and successfully, and and they built some good teams, and and it seemed like they were always consistently on the same page. So I think you know the rapport. I, I and I get the the feel and like like Doc said that you know we saw this coming to a degree 
and I don't think it's a surprise at all. Um, and I'm hoping it's more of a, like a checks and balance system than it is, you know, one person overriding the other. And I think that that, that feels more healthy to me than just giving, uh, you know, the, the final say to Sean Payton and having him make the executive decision. I think the checks and balances, I think that that's, if you have, you know, people in the right position that you trust and, and people who, um, personnel who you know are good at their job and aren't going to lead you astray, then I, then I'm fine with that, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I guess I, you see it more on ownership when ownership gets their nose in there and decides that they want to, they want to take, just sure. make picks for the team and that sort of thing. That's the sort of thing I like to keep away from. And I don't know that Pinner would do that necessarily. Um, I think he, he's put guys in positions for a reason to uh, do their jobs. But, you know, I don't I don't like the the over one guy overrides the other and it doesn't feel good. But I like the conversation around it. Like, hey, let's. let's yeah, but in uh, the end, someone's got to someone's got to be the boss, right? Because it's like yeah. it's 50 50. I don't want Greg Penner making that call. No. no. Like, hey, who should we draft? I want this guy. He wants that guy. I don't want my owner making that call. I think Sean Payton has done more in his career. It has earned the right to be the de facto. Sure. I don't think he's going to do the GM work. Uh, he trusted Mickey Loomis to do that. I think they had a really good relationship. I think George Payton, he could have gone gotten a job somewhere else, right? He could have, you know, he could have said, nope, I'm not going to do it here. And, uh, knowing who Sean Payton is and like, you know, when they're paying him the money that they're paying him, they're not paying him to come in here to be Vance Joseph, you know, 2016. They're paying him to come in here and fix this whole damn thing. And so I read the tea leaves as George Payton knew Mikey knows what he's getting into and he chose to stick around here and, uh, and understands the deal. So I'm not shocked by that. I do hope, I think where you're getting at, JT, is that it doesn't undercut his ability to do his job. Right? Right, He's going right. to be able to, to go and get players, and I assume that they did, right? I, I think that he you know, he's the one that hammered out all the free agent deals. Sean Payton's not making those calls. I think Sean Payton, they worked on a list together, and then, you know, George Payton and his crew, you had to, you had to go get it, you know, go get it handled. And so I bet that the draft will be like that, too. You know, Sean Payton's not looking at 300 prospects in their film and all that crap. Like, he's not doing any of that. He's he's giving them an archetype. I want this kind of guy in these positions. This is how we structure mm-hmm. our organizational value. This is where I want resources, like all that kind of stuff. You know, George Payton is probably providing him some feedback. They agree on it, and then George go to work. Um, maybe they'll have some more say, really, in day, in day three, because those, you know, the late-round picks – have been hit or miss, even though you don't really bank on them. Some of them have been, you know, pretty bad when you look at, uh, you know, Washington and maybe he turns it around, but that looks like a total whiff. Um, you know, Jameer Johnson, guys like that, that you thought maybe were going to come in and contribute, don't even make the roster or hang around. So I think that there's some mm-hmm. skepticism maybe there, uh, you know, Nick Benito still, uh, you know, still a, a question mark. Um, but overall, I think really his issues have been much more in the NFL um, free agent pool than it has been in the draft. And I think Sean Payton had his thumbprint all over this free agent 
period. So um, I think that uh, that they worked in in collaboration. Champagne, you know, it's probably 60, 40, 55, 45, whatever that is. Um, but I, I, I think that that working relationship is good. I, I don't know, at least from what we know of George Payton and what I've heard uh, for people who cover the team, he's a genuine good dude, loves football, is a football guy. You know, he, he breathes team. I don't know how you couldn't get along with him. So unless you really just were attached at the hip to some other, you know, some other GM candidate out there, like why you wouldn't want to work with him? <laughs> you know, like why would you not want to work with a guy that has zero ego, well-connected in the NFL, well-thought of? Um, like why wouldn't, like why would you not want to? I don't, I, I don't get it. But uh, I think that they'll work it out just fine. You know, and if the team starts winning, um, no one will care who's, you know, who's who made the decisions and who didn't. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Winning is the cure all for sure. It's crazy, man. It's crazy, right? Then no one's fighting. Um, everyone gets along, right? The the 2015 Broncos defense carried that offense, but no one cared because they were winning. 2016, 2017, everyone cared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And they still do. Like, yep, they still care. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's all fun and games till uh, till you catch that up. We're still talking about if the Broncos had had traded or had selected mm-hmm. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yep. Yeah, there's a, a lot of what ifs. I mean, 2017, right? Like they were in striking mm-hmm. distance to go up. Uh, you know, they had a, a better opportunity to go up and get Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. They could have made those mm-hmm. deals. But they did it because they were gun shy because they had Paxton Lynch, who was a second year quarterback. Like, oh, there's what ifs wherever. But every team's got all over. It's gross. But you only say the what ifs when you're losing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, I want to do one more what if. Let's hit it. uh, Scenario. Not not really a what if, but uh, just a fun like scenario. Let's talk to quarterbacks. Let's talk to draft. We haven't talked much draft and it's been a little bit less fun because we don't have any high draft picks. Um, but I want to talk quarterbacks in this draft class and who you would like. If you were Broncos GM and the Broncos had a chance to get one of these top tier quarterbacks in this year's draft, who's your guy and why? Uh, John, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So this may surprise you guys who, uh, my quarterback of choice is, uh, if I were to have the first overall okay. pick, uh, he does attend a university that I'm not too fond of, yeah. uh, but I would pick CJ Stroud as my first overall pick in terms of quarterback ranking. Interesting. Um, I just think uh, I, I do understand he has some trouble maybe when it comes to some of the deep ball in terms of, uh, you know, it, it, it maybe not having the velocity some pe- people like, some of the zip it likes, but it, it gets down in the field, and and to me that's fine enough. I under to me it's a catchable ball, so um, I'm I'm completely comfortable with him being my my number one guy. Honestly, I think Bryce Young. You have uh, someone behind him who's uh, you have to build an offense around Bryce Young. You have to make it sure that you know you're you want to develop your team around that. And I think uh, that's hard for a lot of, uh, you know, uh, offensive coordinators to want to do from the from the get go. Or if you're, you know, a new coach, Uh, Anthony Richardson, not someone I'm honestly too fond of right now. Personally, I just don't think he has the accuracy. So 
Uh, I don't know how many you asked for. Were you just asking for one guy or, or how many you were asking for? Uh, give but, me, uh, give me a thought. I don't mind you giving additional thoughts. I, I, I like, if you were going to pick one, it's Stroud. Yeah. That's cool. But I like, I like hearing your, your, your yeah. thoughts on the other guys too. And then when it comes to, you know, Will uh, Levis, um, he's just a weird guy. I think, first of all, have you all seen the the clip of him and how he drinks his coffee? Let's just no. get that out. That him and how he eats and how he eats bananas. What does he do? How he eats bananas. What does he do with bananas? Wait, let's start there. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> unpeel it. Just eats what? It. No, I'm not he's... drafting that guy. <laughs> okay, and so so he he doesn't peel his bananas. Uh, that, I mean, maybe good for fiber. I don't know. Yeah, shit, I, probably. Maybe I I don't know. But his coffee habits. Let's talk about that real quick. What what do you typically add to your coffee, JT? Maybe a little cream, a little sugar, and call it good. Yeah, he, he likes something that's creamy, that's for sure. Uh, it's called mayonnaise. Oh. So right. he is an interesting guy. Let's just say that. And uh, Is he Canadian? I'm not sure of that, but if that's the reason, hey, um, d- did not know <laughs> that. But... Uh, that that's whoever's that quarterback who, who he's going to be, and uh, you're going to get an interesting guy there. Uh, so I'll, I'll hand it off to you, uh, Doctor. Who 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 do you like? I'm also going to pick the quarterback for a school that I'm not fond of. Uh, as I've looked at it more, if I'm going to err on the side of uh, of drafting a guy in the top ten, because I think they're all flawed. I think all of them have some significant downside. So much for this being like a generational quarterback class. Everyone stop that. Go to draft. Yeah, yeah. You never like wait till next year. Why would you waste a pick? Stop it. However, uh, I think Anthony Richardson is the guy that I would want. Here's why. One, he is a dynamic athlete, a plus 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 athlete. So he is a guy that can win a la Josh Allen. Before he's ready as a passer, he can create plays with his feet, with his body, etc. He is more accurate than people give him credit for throwing the ball. His completion percentage wasn't high. So I think there was also a lot of non, they didn't do him a lot of favors offensively. There's a lot of deep throws. They didn't have a lot of NFL quality receivers in my opinion. Um, so if I'm going to take a swing at that, he's young. I want the guy that gives me an opportunity to get to elite as opposed to good. I think Bryce Young is a good player. I worry about his longevity. He's just not a big dude. Uh, doesn't have a rocket arm, right? So it's like if you're not going to be big, you got to have some extraordinary traits. He's smart, can layer the ball, but uh, not a lot of wow factors. CJ Stroud doesn't handle the pressure real well. So super, super accurate when things are uh, are cooking. But he's also played with, uh, you know, with first round picks all over the place. I think what probably three or four offensive linemen are going to get drafted. So. That's always my gripe about Clemson and Alabama and, you know, the programs like that is, like, you know, who makes who? Will Levis? Yeah, for sure. I can't draft a guy that eats mayo and his coffee. Like, mm-mm. I had one. I had a shot like that one time. I can't say the name of it because it's not appropriate anymore <laughs> when I was 21. But it was tequila and mayo. And I Ooh. almost died. It's yeah. first birthday. You got to do what you got to do. Um, but I think he's a guy that, you know, if you're going to try and compete with the Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrows. You want a guy that can compete and is special, and he's, in my opinion, is the the player that can do that out of the group. So that would be who I would take if I had a top 10 pick and he 
you know, and the opportunity to to have my choice of the of the group. JT, bring that up was, what do you got? That was your twenty first birthday shot. Was tequila? It was man? one of the twenty one that I took. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, it wasn't like it wasn't the one, but it was one of the ones. Yeah, I yeah. got one called the Tidal Wave. Oh yeah, and it was like yeah, I don't know what it was, but it was a blue liquor and uh-huh. uh, clear uh, and shot glasses, and you shoot the blue one, and then you're supposed to uh-huh. shoot the clear one. And when you shoot the blue one, they pick up the clear one and throw it in your face. And they say tidal wave, and then I guess my my buddy um, when we went said that when he did it that they threw the the clear uh, it's just water in the second one yeah. they threw the water in his face, and then the bartender slapped him in the face, and they said when I did it they expected him to he expected the dude to slap me in the face, but the guy said he wasn't going to slap me in the face because he didn't want me to get mad because I'm a big dude. So it's pretty funny. Good story. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to shock you all as well. Uh, Bryce Young Jordan is my Tra- hey Jordan Travis is not eligible. <laughs> you know, well, he could have been, but he chose to stay back and win a national. It's true. Game. It's true. Go ahead. Who do you? No, I'm, I'm I'm going Bryce Young. I'm going Bryce Young, and uh, I, the injury concerns scare me a lot. Um, they're they're my biggest concern for sure. Um, I don't know. Young is the guy that I think can make all the throws. Uh, his accuracy is, is top tier. You know, I think probably better than anyone else in the draft class. Um, his ability to do on timing routes across the middle of the field uh, is, you know, second to none. Schemes is specific. That's true. You'd have to you'd have to definitely have to invest in in offense. Uh, that would work around him. I love his, his ability, his, his ability to be mobile, to get out of the pocket, to make things happen, to extend plays. I mean, more and more you're seeing this with the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that that's something that Stroud, I worry a little bit about, though he did show in the in, in the championship game that he has that potential in the, in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, he's still not a speedster. He's not going to be a... a, a, a game breaker once he gets outside of the pocket um and i think young can and then on top of that i've heard so much about bryce young's iq and his ability to understand schemes and his opponent and i think daniel jeremiah was on the rich eisen show and said you know they'd finish a game he'd go home and by the next morning he'd have suggestions on how to play you know whoever they were playing that next game and 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 they would put that into the offensive plan. Like he's offensive planning for his coordinators. Um, I don't know. The, uh, I think he's a stand-up dude. I think he's a guy you would want to build your team around. And I have no major concerns outside of his uh, ability to stay healthy. And it's a big concern. It is. And I would understand people's uh, concern. And I would understand why people would shy away from him for that reason. But I think he's the best quarterback in the class. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, all these quarterbacks have the potential to be good to great quarterbacks. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, each of them have their certain reasons why, why they wouldn't be able to reach it. Um, which, which saying that, all, all being said, um, you know, if, if this quarterback doesn't work for one of your teams, guess what? Next year's draft is here. Keep yep. shooting it and keep, keep taking quarterbacks. 
there's anything I've learned is you, you can't hold on to a quarterback for too long and uh, you want to get them out there and, and really see if they can be your quarterback for the future. Yeah. And if you hit on two quarterbacks, you got to then then, then you're like with the Patriots and you tra- trade Jimmy G for first and you yeah. all of a sudden you're right. in first. You can't do that. That's terrible. Idea. Can you draft guys in the later rounds? Yeah, but you have to commit to, to a guy at some point. Someone's well, got to be your guy. I'm not, uh, it's a good problem to have. If you whiff, right? You Josh Rose in it, yeah, cut bait. Cut bait. Yeah. Cut bait. yeah, like don't don't hang in for a long time. But I think if you do it, you you need to feel confident that you can create a system that they can develop over two years versus you know the one hit wonder they come in real quick. Um, you know, I, I didn't I don't think Justin Fields or I don't think the last two years that he was a guy that was able to to do everything needed for an NFL team. But I think you start you started to see a comfortability with an offensive scheme, um, some adequate, you know, some adequate playmaking ability, you know, and they're doing it right. So, right, we did that. Now we're going to invest. We got DJ Moore. We got right. So they they put now they put assets into. And now we're going to find out if you're the problem or if you know the coaching staff's the problem. And I think that that's kind of the right way to do it. Uh, whoever goes to Carolina will have a really you know, their offensive line is is pretty strong. Their run game will be really good again with Miles Sanders coming in. They're going to have pretty yeah. good, um, you know, DJ Chark going there to take over for for more with that group. I think that, yeah, and Adam Thielen going there. They're going to have a, a pretty good receiving core with a with a pretty nasty defense. You know, if <laughs> I'd be begging my, you know, begging my uh, uh, my agent to make sure that that call happens and I, and I get sure. that job because yeah. it's, uh, you know, or – you land in Houston and right. You like, still have that feeling like, you know, yeah, might, yeah. might be fantastic. That roster is just awful. And their offensive line isn't that great. They didn't do much to fix it. So, and, you know, a lot of it's just going to be where you go. You know, yeah. where you go. Uh, so that'd be interesting. I, I like that all three of us valued something different. I also wouldn't be shocked if any one of those or all three of them are viable players in the NFL. And yeah. I also would not be shocked if they all are okay or afterthoughts, right? Like that's the the nature of the biz. It's about a 50% hit rate in the first, in the first round. And it's probably even less if you look at pro bowl players. So yeah, that's probably true. We shall see. We shall see, but it's fun. Yeah. I like that. We get to watch it and not like, and just see where they land. Yeah. And not have to care or be invested as, unless it, they go to Vegas, then. Right. Uh, we will be invested, but not in their growth and development. Like I hate to wish bad things on a person's uh, career and their life, but um, I hope they fail. And they'll get paid enough. They'll get paid. They'll, yeah. they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. But uh, you know, hope they don't win. Exactly. All right, boys. Well, we've come to the end of the pod, so let's wrap up here. But I appreciate y'all's time. Let's uh, let's do this again soon. Yeah. Uh, love we'll to. Make it happen, but we'll we'll get together and get up another pot out soon, and probably some additional draft talk. We really need to dive into that before it's too late. It's already yeah. April. I already got some. Uh, I already got some ideas for us to banter. So we will. Uh, we'll find time to get that second one in this week. That's for sure. Put them in the chat so we so we can start prepping. Um, but thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you as always. Make sure you check us out at orange underscore and underscore brew at uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, we love to talk about the Broncos. We like to talk about all things sports. So if you're, you you want to just chat us up, hit us up, 
uh, give us some beer recommendations. You know, we will always take those. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see you next time. Be kind to one another. Be safe out there and go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.